0: For both Healthy Control and Non-Healthy Control, if we don't have them, we have no research. We can't do any research without participants.
1: Welcome to our podcast series, My Life as a Research Assistant. This series is brought to you by Kessler Foundation, where we are changing the lives of people with disabilities. I'm your host, editor, and producer, Joan Banks-Smith, creative producer for Kessler Foundation. Research assistants are on the front lines of our research studies collecting data, conducting interviews, testing subjects, and are the face of Kessler Foundation to our research study participants. In 2020, Kessler Foundation was ranked among one of the best nonprofits to work for and best places to work in New Jersey. Throughout this series, we'll meet up with research assistants from our mobility, spinal cord injury, stroke, traumatic brain injury, and neuroscience and neuropsychology centers who have been with the foundation for over a year, and some that are now senior research assistants, nurses, MD, MS candidates, postdocs, and those that have entered into many more professions. In this episode, I met up with Michelle Barry, a former research assistant and research coordinator in our Center for Stroke Rehabilitation Research. She is now a project manager at Mount Sinai Health System in northern New Jersey. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Glad you were able to stop by. What brought you to Kessler Foundation?
0: In my time at Seton Hall, one of our research scientists, Dr. Peggy Chen, she came and gave a talk to me and my fellow students, um, and she talked about her research, specifically in spatial neglect, and I just found it super interesting and something I wanted to get involved in. So I asked if I could be an intern for her. So I interned with her for about a semester, I believe, and then um, a job opening became available.
1: What exactly do you do?
0: As a research assistant, me personally, I work on three separate studies. Um, So for each of those studies, I work with recruiting patients, whether they're inpatient or outpatients, um, getting them interested in the study. Um, telling them about the study, and then actually uh, conducting the study with them, doing different neurological assessments uh, or any uh, whatever that study needs. I do that with the patient, and that can be either um, while they're here as an inpatient, if they're here for outpatient therapy, I go and visit them wherever they're doing outpatient therapy, and I can also go to their home if they're more homebound take all that data that I get and input it into various databases so that we can then
1: use that data. You're in the stroke lab. Do you primarily work with spatial neglect?
0: Yes, and then also I'm involved in a reading study where we look at people who have suffered a left-side hemisphere stroke and assess what reading deficits, if any, they have as a result of their stroke. Oftentimes they have aphasia or something like that, and then I also do a medication management study where we look at stroke and actually we look at TBI patients as well to see how they adhere to their medication schedule and how being aware of any cognitive deficits they have affects how they take their medication.
1: So somebody that has had a stroke and has aphasia, what is aphasia?
0: In general aphasia is an inability to communicate verbally either They have trouble accessing the words that they're trying to come up with and it kind of comes out as a jumble of words um, if they can come up with words or um, they just cannot access the part of their uh, brain that the words that they want to say, they can't come out.
1: So basically they have the ability to think about the word, they just can't get it to come out.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Why is it so important to become a research participant whether you're a healthy control or a non-healthy control?
0: Well, for both healthy control and non-healthy control, if we don't have them, we have no research. We can't do any research without participants, especially for these studies that we have conducting now. We're enrolling non-healthy participants who have suffered a stroke. It's very important to have multiple, multiple people with different types of strokes uh, because everyone's stroke is different. It's in a different region of the brain. They have different resulting symptoms from it, and deficits, so it's important to have multiple participants so we can really see what certain areas of the brain correlate to with behavior and just to get as much data as possible.
1: Michelle, if I were thinking about uh, becoming a research participant and just didn't know what to expect, what could I expect?
0: Well, for each study it's obviously different, but um I would explain to you what uh, assessments I would do with you, whether it's a memory assessment or a mood assessment or whatever. I would explain um how long they would take, if any of them might be frustrating, Um, And then we could move from there to see if that was something that you were further interested in pursuing. Mm
1: -hmm. And anybody that wants to become a research participant, if you go to our website, KesslerFoundation.org, you can sign up to become a research participant and somebody will get in touch with you. Before we end the show, are there any parting thoughts that you'd like to share with us?
0: Something that I've really learned and gained from uh, working here at Kessler Foundation is, well, working with humans in my schooling at Seton Hall. Most of my research and my thesis was done uh, using animals, rats. After I started doing that, I started working here and working with humans, and I realized that I much prefer working with humans and uh, creating relationships Mm -hmm. with participants and just uh, getting to know them and...
1: Uh, hopefully helping them in some way. Well, it does make a big difference when you can actually speak to somebody. Yes,
0: and they can speak back. Yes, it's a great feeling to hopefully help people.
1: Well, thank you very much for being on our show. Thank you for having me. To learn more about career opportunities at Kessler Foundation, be sure and check out the program notes for links. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was recorded during the summer of 2016 and was edited and produced by Joan Banks-Smith, creative producer for Kessler Foundation.